Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hopefully Sustainable. I just want to take a quick second and congratulate everyone who got out and voted and made your voices heard in this election. We finally made it through what became election week and honestly what will become election month as there are still states who are counting the votes, including my home state of Georgia, where two Senate races have actually gone to a runoff. So for any listeners in Georgia, make sure that you have a new voting plan so that we can all get out, make sure our voices are heard again. And this election is very important because it will actually decide the fate of the Senate. So make sure that you can get out there in January and we can finish this election strong. It was really amazing to go through the week and to finally see the weekend with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being announced the projected winners of the election. To see Kamala Harris become our nation's vice president was such a historic experience that I'm really so proud that I participated in and got to witness. It is a historical moment that I will never forget and Just to hear the plans and initiatives that they are already announcing, that they are going to be working on and implementing in their administration regarding climate change is such a breath of fresh air and a huge step in the right direction as climate change becomes a prominent issue that is the forefront of the discussion of our government officials, which is what we have all been fighting for. So... Thank you to everyone who got out there and voted and made your voices heard. We all voted for hope and I'm so proud of us. So let's just finish strong, keep fighting the good fight and making our voices heard. For this week's episode, I was honored to be joined by Harris Jamal, who is a rising medical student with a passion for the environment and for healthcare. So today, he is going to be discussing with us the intersection of sustainability and healthcare. He is going to touch on environmental impacts on our health, why sustainability is part of the definition of what medicine is and what role a doctor plays, some different solutions that sustainability and healthcare provides, as well as talking about the current state of the movement and why the individual person should care about the sustainability of their healthcare. It's a really interesting episode because before I met Harris, I had honestly never really thought about the connection between sustainability and healthcare. But after speaking with him, it is something that I will continue to think about. And I think that this movement is really just getting started. And as we keep going, it's just going to grow and grow and become much more of a focus. I was reading some studies as I was researching for this episode, and in 2018, the healthcare industry represented 18% of the U.S. economy, and it was responsible for 10% of all carbon emissions. So the healthcare industry could have a huge impact on climate change. 
I was also reading a quote by someone who directs the Global Public Health Program at Boston College, and he stated, since healthcare organizations are in the overall business of promoting good health, they should be leading by example. And I think this is a belief that Harris shares as well. So I'm really excited for you all to learn more about the work that he is doing and the movement that he is bringing attention to. So let's get started. I am thrilled to introduce Harris Jamal. I had the honor of interning with Harris at the UGA Office of Sustainability, where Harris served as the sustainability and healthcare intern. He has received his bachelor's degree in environmental health and master's degree in public health. He also was recently a recipient of the 2020 Stephanie Davis Waste Reduction and Pollution Prevention Award and Scholarship. So as you can tell, he's extremely knowledgeable about the intersection of sustainability and healthcare. I personally think this is a very interesting topic because I don't think that many people necessarily think of healthcare when they think of sustainability. So I'm excited to hear all that Harris has to share with us today. So Harris, go ahead, introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about your background. All right, um, so hello everyone. My name is Harris Jamal. And um, I'm a rising medical student. And as Jaco said, I recently graduated from the University of Georgia and got my bachelor's of environmental health and master of public health. Um, and yeah, my passions lie in the intersection between sustainability and healthcare. And that's kind of been something that I've been working towards for the past four years, um, you know, starting with um, at the Office of Sustainability at the University of Georgia. So when did you first become interested in sustainability as one part of the question? And then were you always interested or focused on pursuing a medical degree? Yeah. Um, so my passions for kind of both of those, like environment and healthcare, go back way back to when I was really young. And um, it kind of goes back to kind of my culture and my, my family's country of origin. So when I was younger, we would visit the country of Pakistan a lot. Um, and that's kind of where I got my first exposure of both of those environment and healthcare together at this, in the same place. Um, you know, that's where I was able to see how such a disrespect for the environment led to such severe healthcare issues within, you know, underserved populations, such as my own family, right? Um, so for example, just, you know, sometimes you know some of the cities in pakistan have some of the worst air pollution on the planet at times and asthma is such a um, prevalent thing you know in the people in pakistan so just seeing the juxtaposition of both of those um, environment and healthcare together really kind of uh, made an impact on me from a young age and obviously i didn't realize that as a child but in in retrospect as i you know took more courses in those um, fields it became really clear that those two are very heavily linked, you know, and that's not something most people see. It's really invisible, but um, it, it became really clear to me. And that's kind of where my passions um, between those two became connected and inspired me to pursue, you know, more action to try and connect those two. To paint an overall picture as we get into all these different topics, you hit on it a little bit talking about how air pollution is connected to asthma, but can you talk about what the impact of the environment is on human health? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's a really broad question because 
the environmental impacts on human health are so, so wide and it, and it just depends, you know, what angle you're looking at. Um, and I think the best way to go about it is, you know, to first understand that it, we are all impacted by the environment in different ways, right? Because each of us have our, you know, different social background and different, you know, we live in different places, you know, we're exposed to different air qualities and different water qualities. So we're, we're all um, impacted differently. Um, but in a general sense, right, there are environmental impacts in every field of medicine and healthcare, right? So we could go down the list, right? We just talked about, you know, air or respiratory diseases like asthma and lung cancer from air pollution. Um, there is, you know, skin cancer and, um, you know, from climate change and heat related effects. Um, and so there's, there's just effects all across the board. Um, but if, if we were to list like some major categories, I, I would have to say, you know, there are um, foodborne illnesses, vector-borne diseases, you know, health effects from extreme weather events. There's mental health illnesses from climate, climate change, anxiety, and um, things like, you know, migration from um, extreme weather events. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the, just some of them, by the way, there's a lot more. Yeah, would you say it's fair to say that these instances of eco-anxiety, which we have had a, on a previous episode, and these migrations due to climate change are just going to lead to more and more of a focus on the intersection of sustainability and healthcare? Absolutely, definitely. And I think, I think that's something that's already happening. And that's part of what, part of what makes me very optimistic about this um, intersection in specific. Um, you know, these are effects that we're already seeing. It's not something that's like, you know, in 2050, we'll see, these are things that are happening right now. You know, if you talk to um, some of the, you know, leading psychiatrists, they will say that they are seeing cases, you know, of anxiety and things like that stemming from climate change. And, you know, you see it not just in psychiatry, but in all the other aspects as well. So these are things that healthcare professionals are realizing right now. Um, and, and this movement is growing because of that. If I'm being honest, before I met you during your internship with the Office of Sustainability, I had really never thought of this connection between healthcare and sustainability. Can you tell us a little bit about what your internship position was? And did that position exist before you got there? Or how did you get involved with this position? Sure. So. So to answer the second question, the internship did not exist before I got there. It was actually, so during my freshman year of college, I began working with University Health Center to you know, try and incorporate sustainability into their daily operations and see what I could do over there. Um, so I was already working with them um, during my freshman year. Wow, and, you really got started <laughs> early. <laughs> right, right. And, and it was, of course, thanks to a lot of the professors that I talked to who pointed me in the right direction. Um, so I was already working on some initiatives over there. Um, and then I thought that it would be, you know, great to apply to the Office of Sustainability. And, you know, it was a funny story because I initially applied for the composting intern. And I got that email. Where I was like, well, thank you for applying. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then the second paragraph was like, well, wait a second, we really, we really like what you're doing with the health center and we would like to, you know, make this a thing. Let's, let's explore this topic. So I was really thankful for that. And that's how I kind of got to start that at the Office of Sustainability. And it was kind of the beginning of so much because that 
kind of led to what we see today where there's like a good relationship between the Office of Sustainability and the University Health Center. And, you know, um, if I may, we can talk about some of the impacts that came out of that. Um, for example, one of the first projects that I worked on was replacing, um, replacing triclosan containing soap at the University Health Center. And for those who might not know, triclosan is a uh, potential carcinogenic uh, chemical, which means that it can cause cancer. Um, so when triclosan is, you know, when you wash your hands and it goes down the drain and gets into, you know, the river systems and things like that, it can react with chlorine and sunlight to become uh, a chemical that can cause cancer. So that's, that's really negative. And so we were able to remove that and replace that. And so that's, that was the beginning. And we also worked on, you know, food waste with composting. We also worked on um, recycling and plastics. And um, I think one of the most important or one of the best accomplishments that we had throughout, throughout our time was the establishment of a sustainability committee that, you know, is officially in the administration of the health center so that these, these, um, these initiatives are sustainable in themselves, right? People are, there's always going to be a committee now working towards sustainability at the health center. And I think that's what I'm most proud of if I had to choose one. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That sustainability of these sustainability initiatives <laughs> is so important. I'm interested, did any of these sorts of projects or was there a focus at all on sustainability in the health center before you approached them or was this a totally new concept for them? So I would say that it wasn't necessarily new as in when I first went to the health center and I first shared, you know, pitched these ideas, they were well received in that these were things people are thinking about. Like, yo, you know, I've thought of that before. Um, it just wasn't implemented on a system-wide level, right? So I met, I was fortunate to meet plenty of physicians and doctors and nurses even who were really passionate about sustainability and climate change and things like that. Um, but that weren't necessarily um, inspired to incorporate that into their daily practice. Um, and so I think what was missing there was kind of a little spark to be, to, you know, give them the inspiration to go ahead and do so and you know in, incorporate that within their conversations with their patients or think about how their practice you know how they can better treat their patients right um, if we're going to treat our patients and then send them back out into the world where our own healthcare facility is contributing to the toxic air and toxic water then are we really doing our jobs right and so it took a little bit of of that spark to bring it into the healthcare realm can you talk a little bit more about some of the projects that you did while you were there? I know you just mentioned a few of them. Yeah, yeah. So um, the first one was the triclosan project, which I think explained pretty pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, the second one we worked on was um, food waste. So we introduced composting through the university's or the Office of Sustainability's compost system. Um, and we introduced so you kind composting. of got to compost as <laughs> you just brought the composting internship into something else. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we were able to put composting in all of the different break rooms. And also there's a um, health promotion kitchen, nutrition kitchen in the University Health Center. So we were able to put composting in there as well. And that was a nice little intersection of all those you know, different public health things. Yeah. Um, and so we were able to gather a lot of compost and reduce a lot of the food waste. 
Um, and then talking about waste, we also, I was also able to do a waste audit at the health center. Um, and so just a little bit of background on that, the health center, as you might know, is split into different clinics by color. So there's the blue clinic, there's the green clinic. So they, and they, and they focus on different things and serve different types of students. Um, and so I was able to do a waste audit on one of the clinics as a kind of, um, you know, proxy for the waste that the health center generates. And through that waste audit, we found that, you know, number one, well, I'll, well actually before, before I say that, we did a waste audit for both regular waste and the, you know, biohazardous waste, that red bag waste that you see in clinics and hospitals. So what we found was that, number one, there's a lot of packaging, recyclable packaging that goes into normal waste at the health center. Um, number two, there is a lot of incorrect, incorrectly placed waste that goes into the red bags and the biohazardous waste bins that should not go there. And the reason that's an issue is because that red bag waste is actually um, one of the biggest environmental footprints, the causes of the, the environmental footprint of healthcare because that waste is essentially incinerated um, to make sure you know it's not infectious and things like that. And, and the, the fumes that come out of that incineration, um, that's called dioxin. Um, and dioxin is a carcinogenic chemical. Um, and actually the United States healthcare system, I think the stat was that it contributes to the 8% of the United States um, dioxin emissions as a whole. Wow. So that's why that's important. And that's something that we found to be really astonishing. And so that pointed us to a lot of different in issues and solutions that we needed to work on. Um, yeah, and from that, I guess I can I can go even deeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sure. from that to tackle to tackle some of those issues that we got from the waste audit, um, for example, for the for the biohazardous waste, we looked at a lot of different solutions, and what we found was that it really didn't take much to change. So th so this is a behavioral issue, right? It didn't really take much to change the behavior of um, when someone decide when a doctor decides to you know, use a material and throw its packaging in the biohazardous versus a normal, it comes down to very, very simple things, right? So we experimented with little changes like moving the biohazardous bin into a cupboard in the, in the exam room itself. And we saw that that decreased the amount of incorrect um, biohazardous waste that went in the, into, the red, into the red bags, um, simply because now you have to think about it, right? Now the doctor has to think like, okay, should I open the cupboard to put it in or should I just put it in what's more accessible? So just simple little changes we experimented it with and we're able to find, um, you know, simple solutions like that. And that's also a reason for optimism in itself. Um, but also alongside that for the normal waste, um, after the waste audit, I was able to get a good sense of um, all of the different uh, packaging that goes to waste at the, at the health center. And, and from that, I was able to analyze, you know, their warehouse and all the different products that they use. And we were able to look at sustainable replacements for a lot of them, you know, things that have biodegradable packaging or, you know, things that can be more environmentally uh, preferable in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I think that sums it up for the waste management side of things. Um, and I think the last major thing was that there's a sustainability committee um, in engaging leadership to, you know, kind of work on this as a, 
as a long-term thing. This work is so amazing because I think it's, it sounds like it's super scalable. And to think if every hospital had one person focusing on these different initiatives, like you were at the UGA Health Center, I feel like this could have such a huge impact on waste reduction and all these different environmental outcomes that are coming from the hospitals and the healthcare system. Yeah, definitely. And I think, again, that's why there's, I feel like there's so much optimism in this field is that, yeah, at one end, it seems like, you know, okay, healthcare is really contributing to all these issues. But at the same time, it's because of that footprint that you can make such a big stride, right? Um, there, there's a lot, definitely a lot of potential here. And it's, and it's solutions that might not be as difficult as we may think. Yeah, for sure. I was reading an article when I was researching for this episode that said, in 2018, the healthcare industry represented 18% of the U.S. economy, but was responsible for 10% of all carbon emissions. So it just really shows the huge impact that the healthcare industry could have on reducing carbon emissions. Right, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a great quote. It sums it up. And that's definitely a statistic that I had in mind too, right? 10% of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and I think that's something that all healthcare providers need to know and need to be uh, cognizant of when they're, you know, talking to their patients or interacting with their own leadership and thinking of new ways to, um, you know, improve the quality of their care. Quality of healthcare is a big thing inside of medicine. And so that ought to be something that um, healthcare professionals are cognizant of. How would you describe the state of the current healthcare and sustainability movement across the U.S.? Because obviously you're making this huge difference in Athens, Georgia, but what does it look like on a large scale across the U.S.? So as a rising medical student, I have looked into, you know, a lot of these, you know, healthcare sustainability and how that's doing on a, on a national level. And I have to say, I'm really, really pleasantly surprised at how fast this is growing. You know, I've, um, there are organizations like Healthcare Without Harm and Practice Screen Health that are, have been working at this um, for a long time now, and, and they're really growing now. In the past few years, you know, they've created such a large physician network groups and they've created all of these sustainable guides, you know, dealing with procurement to, you know, clinical, environmentally responsible clinical care. Um, and so there's all these different movements that are really growing and, and that's just two of them, right? There's, there are, uh, for example, there is the Medical Consortium on Climate and Health that has members, you know, all across the board from, you know, different hospitals and clinics to different research institutions. Um, and so um, just in general, climate and health is a really, is a really popping issue right now. And it's growing faster by the day. Um, not only, not only because we're seeing those impacts in patients, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, but also because I think, I think we're just changing the way we're thinking about our health you know, just in the, in the face of these issues. Um, and so, yeah, to answer your question, it's, it's really fascinating how fast this is growing. And I anticipate it to grow even more and be a part of, you know, even, even for medical school curriculum, it's going to be part of that as well. What are some solutions or examples of initiatives that you've seen across the U.S. and other hospitals? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think one of the one of the really interesting ones I saw was about 
greening the operation room, so the OR. Um, what's really interesting is that the OR is the place in most hospitals that generates the most waste, right? So, um, you know, when you're doing surgery, there's all of these single use items and there's a lot of packaging and there's a lot of different types of waste coming out of it for every single patient, you know, and 24 seven, especially for those big hospitals, right? So that's the source of a lot of, a lot of waste. Um, and so I've, I've seen this initiative um, and I've read about it a little bit um, how, how these organizations like Healthcare Without Harm and Practice Green Health are tackling different ways to reduce the waste coming out of the OR. Um, and not only on a kind of a reactionary level, but also on a procurement level on how to, you know, in the beginning, just find more sustainable products that can be, you know, disposed of in a better way to begin with. Um, so that's one of the really interesting issues that I've seen. I work in the green building industry, so I'm interested, do you see hospitals or just the healthcare industry looking into green operations, such as improving the energy efficiency or water efficiency of the actual buildings? So I don't know too much exactly about the you know, specific building aspects, but you reminded me of another um, really interesting development actually recently. In England, the National Health Service that you know it oversees the entire healthcare system, they actually recently committed to being um, carbon neutral and net zero. So that's an actually really really interesting thing because they are implementing that system wide, you know, across all all healthcare facilities. Um, so it's been really interesting to see that development and how they are tackling that, and that includes that includes those green building requirements like you're mentioning. Um, and it also includes, you know, the smaller, you know, um, more specific issues like procurement and, um, you know, specialty related things like that. Yeah, well, hopefully the U.S. will follow suit. <laughs> I know Europe's always one step ahead of us at least. So hopefully we can get there one day too. As I mentioned, healthcare isn't necessarily the first thing that people think of when they think of sustainability. And I was reading this really interesting article that talked about how consumers don't necessarily shop around to determine where they where they are going to go to receive their health care based on the sustainability of those different facilities, for example, compared to other industries. Why do you think the everyday person should care about sustainability when it comes to health care? Um, I think everyone should care to put it simply everyone should care about this because it is affecting everyone you know it's affecting you and it, and the reason it's so important is because it's not something we can see right it's invisible some of these effects we can't we don't even know that it's happening we can't tell that the air we're breathing has you know ozone and uh, particulate matter or that the water we're drinking is contaminated with you know, so-and-so chemical or so-and-so pollution. Um, so these are things to be aware of. And, you know, some, some people might say that, you know, these things are so small, these impacts are so tiny. But if you think about it on the long term, you know, the, the accumulation of these effects and these exposures combined with all the different determinants, you know, um, you know, your socioeconomic status or, you know, your education level or wherever you live, all of these things combine to create the healthcare conditions that we are seeing. So um, 
I think it's really important to be cognizant of that as as people, you know, out, out in the world, you know, wherever we go. I'm interested with the pandemic, there seems to be this increase in probably medical waste with all the PPE that is required for healthcare workers and now just for the general population. Are there ways that we can be mindful of this waste on an individual level? And what do hospitals do with all of this waste from the PPE and everything that's having to be used to treat COVID-19? That's a really good question. And I think that's a question that has been on the minds of a lot of healthcare uh, systems as of late, um, just because of this pandemic. Um, and I did see I did see some healthcare um, facilities trying to use a more environmentally friendly way of disinfecting, you know, their PPE and being able to use it a couple more times at least before having to get rid of it. And so I have seen several places develop things like that. Um, but as a whole, this is a huge issue, right? In healthcare, the whole issue of something being infected once you use it or um, you know, just safety in that sense is, is a really, it draws a really fine line on how far you can go with some of these waste initiatives. But there, there are a lot of research institutions working on these issues. There, are, there is definitely potential. It's not to say that you can't find a, find a way to, to do it. Um, there's definitely potential. But on a personal level, I think, you know, as far as PPE and things like that go, you know, there are, there are, for example, we can be cognizant of the type of mask we're wearing, whether it's reusable or not. Um, and just like that and other materials, right? If it's single use or not, or how, how is this gonna be thrown away or how do I, how will I dispose of it? Or do I really need it in that sense? Um, so all of these questions to think about when we're using things. Yeah, I feel like now I can't go anywhere without seeing masks just littered all over yeah, the ground. Yeah. So it's just so important to make sure that if you are using a disposable mask to make sure that it's getting disposed of properly. And I actually heard that you should, if you are using disposable masks, to cut the strings off of them because mm -hmm. they, when they get littered, they are entangling different animals, which I thought that was interesting and I had never really made that connection before. So that's one thing to keep in mind too, to make sure that it gets disposed of properly. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I forgot to mention that. That's that's very true. It's it's very scary to see how much how many face masks we're seeing in the oceans, right? And so I think that's the inspiration behind that recommendation. Yeah, definitely. Well, we already have a plastic problem in the ocean, so <laughs> right. we don't need to add on to that right. for sure. Well, this is such an interesting topic, and I'm really excited to see where the industry goes in the future. What are some of your future goals that you have? Yeah, um, well, I think uh, on a broad level, just to kind of repeat, to incorporate sustainability into medicine. But where I want to add to that is that it's not just on the you know, physical aspect of sustainability. How can we improve healthcare practice and reduce waste and things like that? It's also, it also extends to the diagnosing and treatment side of things. Like, really diving into medicine and how medicine can be sustainable. And that means that we have to look at a wide variety of issues, you know, that includes, you know, racial justice, health equity, food security, um, all of these different things, you know, and the list could go on. 
these all intersect with healthcare and medicine. And that's something that ought to be normalized in the exam room. And, you know, that's just to begin with. But I think, I think as 21st century, you know, physicians, we ought to be aware of all of these issues. And not only that, but we ought to be revolutionizing the way we see ourselves and the way, you know, the way we define medicine, right? So I think, I think a 21st century, in my, in my eyes, at least a 21st century physician is not just someone who is able to treat patients and diagnose patients within their exam room, but also one that realize as a true, is a true beacon of health in their communities, right? So they are participating in the, you know, local advocacy and local healthcare policies and advocating for those policies and also participating in, in community service, you know, all of these things outside of the exam room to advocate for health on all different levels. And I think, I think that's what, you know, that's, that makes up my goal as a physician. And I think, I think I'm speaking for a lot of different medical students right now, you know, in the face of all of these intersectional issues, um, you know, how can healthcare be used as a really, as a really wide intersectional solution to these intersectional issues, right? That intersectionality and connection really seems to be a common theme in most of the episodes that I record. And it's just really amazing how everything is truly connected and we can't really look at one issue without looking at all of the other issues. So that's why I think this episode was really interesting because it brings to light another connection to sustainability that maybe some people hadn't thought of before. For any listeners who are interested in finding more information about sustainability in healthcare, are there any resources that you recommend? Um, yes, actually. Um, so I did mention those two organizations, Healthcare Without Harm and Practice Greenhouse. Those are kind of the you know landmark institutions that are working on sustainability in healthcare. Um, among many others, but those have a very diverse, you know, amount of resources on their websites. If you do a quick Google search, you should be able to find them. Um, and there's also a good number of research institutions that have a lot of different guides. Um, for example, one is the 2019 Lancet Countdown on Climate and Health. That is a journal of all the different types of research on climate change and healthcare and how that's being impacted. Um, and so those are just some of the many, many um, solutions. Then that should be a good start to you know, point you in the right direction. Great, well, I will share those in the show notes so people can look more into those different resources after they listen to the episode. And as we come to the end of the episode, I know we both worked together in the Office of Sustainability and a common theme that was talked about was hope. And as you've listened to previous episodes, I know you knew this question was coming, but what are you hopeful about? Well, I think just to, end, to start off answering that question, I think we talked about optimism and how it came up a lot of different times in this, in this conversation alone. Um, and I think I'm, I'm really hopeful just by seeing the amount of you know, amazing leaders, you know, doctors, professors, um, nurses, pharmacists, every, you know, people in all parts of healthcare are really working to tackle this issue really on a really system-wide level. People are working to, you know, create guidance and education, not only for fellow professionals, but also for their patients. And, you know, it all stems from how can we 
take care of people better. And I think that's a beautiful thing um, to stem for all of this to stem from, you know, how can we take care of each other in a better way? Um, and so that's a really good source of optimism for me. And that's what I use to kind of drive me into in keep working in sustainability and healthcare. Yes, I think we all need that reminder nowadays is that it all comes down to just taking care of each other and that's what matters in the end. So thank you, Harris, for being here today. As I mentioned earlier, this seems to be such an emerging field. So I'm really excited to see where it goes in the future. And thank you for introducing all of us and telling us a little bit more about all of the incredible work that you've been doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefully sustainable pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.